Hey, B, remind me to clarify with everybody what it means to bring the kingdom into your community. Well, hey, everybody, how are you? Well, it's really great to have you with us, whether you're joining us online, a part of our Sunday services on the Denton campus, or here on Thursday night. I got to say this, though, I'm a little sad today. Because today marks the end of our three-week birthday celebration. Hadn't it been fun? Uh, but, you know, we're going to end in style because we always want to save the best for last. So a couple of gifts I have for you t uh, today. One of them is this. You're going to get a shorter message because we're going to have a party, and I want you to have time to be a part of our party. I got beat down. I got beat down, and we're going to have cupcakes and not going to have gluten-free stuff. Uh, <laughs> So listen, if you're on one of these first of the year reset diet, whack job deals that some of y'all are doing, Jesus understands if you have a cupcake today, okay? It's kind of like communion during, during a fast. It's okay. Just be released in Jesus' name, okay? And then we've got a gift, one per family that we want to give to you this weekend. Because we've been, I think we have reason to celebrate. We 17 years that the Lord's been shaping and, and building this body. And I look, whether it's on our Denton campus or our, our campus or what's going to happen at our Lake Cities campus, I'm just watching God stir things up in people as we get really clear about who we are and what we're doing and what our call, unique call is as a church. Again, not better, not worse than anybody else, but it's our call, right? So we're going to wear our armor. So we've been talking about, I know most of you have truly really hung in your heart because you're wearing these t-shirts and uh, you're digging this new logo that represents our heart that we're going to draw circles when everything within us wants to draw a line. We're going to do the hard work of making sure that everybody feels included, right? We're looking for ways to include, not to exclude people. So let me make it clear for one last time, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you believe, you are welcome in this place. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. You don't have to act like, talk like, think like, or smell like anybody else to be a part of what's going on here. Why? Because number two, we believe Jesus changes people. I mean, we think he really does. That once you get introduced to Jesus in an atmosphere of love, once you find that you find that people really welcome you without judgment, they really uh, will accept you without condition and that they'll really forgive you without limitation and you get introduced to Jesus, the natural thing that happens is your life begins to change. We believe we are fueled here by life change. We believe for you more than you believe for you because we're experiencing that happen and in our lives. And the end result of that brings us to this last week of our birthday celebration. I want you to write this down. If you've been taking notes, I would encourage many of you, by the way, to start taking notes. Uh, I know some of you, especially on our Thursday night services, a crazy thing is called paper and a pen. It's crazy, really. But when you write things down, you remember it. All of, all of this kind of crescendos this weekend in one simple statement. It's this. We believe in the power of legacy. We believe in the power of legacy. We believe that it is... God's call in our unique design as human beings to pass something on to those who will come after us. 
We, we believe that, that being a church with, the eye, with an eye on the future is who God has created us to be. Uh, we think that it's important for us to give ourselves to something bigger than ourselves that outlasts us. We believe in planting trees that many of us will never sit under the shade of. I practiced that three times. <laughs> this is us, man. Surprise! I didn't say it. The question is this. Reel it back in. Let us pray. I'm kidding. Uh, how does legacy, how does your life and my life and the life of this family being a legacy, how does it really happen? Right? It's like last week we talked about what does it mean to get in the presence of Jesus? What does it mean to grow in Jesus? Well, practically speaking, what is, what is a, how does a legacy happen? Nobody falls into legacy, powerful legacy. Number one, legacy is about a mission. When a mission becomes a movement, the end result of that is a legacy that outlasts you and me. When a mission becomes a movement, the end result is a legacy that will always outlast you and me. You see this all through scripture, you see it all through history, you don't see it anywhere more clearly than in the life of Jesus Christ. There was no mistaking the mission of Jesus. He begins his earthly ministry by being baptized, the dove, the, the Holy Spirit comes on him like, in, like a dove in the form of a dove and a voice from heaven thunders, this is my son in whom I will, please listen to him. And the first thing Jesus does is goes and has hand-to-hand -hand combat with the devil. And he wins. Because Jesus wins every time. Jesus goes back to his hometown. He goes into his little home synagogue, his little home church. The, the scroll is unrolled to be read as happens every time in a synagogue. It's predetermined what is going to be read on what day. And Jesus shows up on the day when the prophet Isaiah is to be read and Jesus stands up in a loud voice says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim this is the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus' mission was to bring heaven to earth. Jesus' mission was to unleash the kingdom on the planet so that God's will could be done in the lives of his people. What's God's will? Good news to the poor. Freedom for prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind physically, relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. And to release oppressed people. To take what's on the bottom and put it on the top. The mission of Jesus was to bring the kingdom. And when the kingdom is working, communities look different because those who had no value find value. People who have no sense of worth find real worth in Jesus Christ. Nobody can get this when Jesus begins to teach it because Jesus is switching the price tags on everything. 
what church people think matters a lot, Jesus doesn't give a rip potato chip about. And what the church is ignoring, what the religious people are ignoring, Jesus is exalting. Jesus ain't hanging out with deacons and elders and church people. Okay, he's hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and drunks. That's who he's hanging out with. Shock upon shock, the church people don't like it. In fact, they say because you're who you're choosing to hang out with and the kind of people you're valuing, you're proving that you're not who you said you are. And Jesus says, hey man, healthy people don't need a doctor. (coughs) Sick people do. I didn't come to call people who find themselves righteous. I didn't come for law keepers. I came for sick people. I came for desperate people. I came for people who understand that I am the air that they breathe. He says things that unless you really understand his message seem to be hard to hear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. And he, but he gives this grand invitation as he's drawing circles where everybody else is drawing lines, bringing value where nobody else is bringing value. Come to me, all of you who are beat down, who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Come to me because I'm the way and the truth and the life. And the end result of that is there's going to be a lifting in your life. I'm going to give you rest. This is Jesus' mission. But a mission doesn't become a movement until people begin to decide that the mission is worth giving their life to. A movement is not an idea or it's not rallying around an idea or a concept. Okay, you with me? A movement becomes a movement by what the people who are believing in the mission are willing to give to that movement. Until people really begin to believe that he's the way, the truth, and the life, and you're not going to find life outside of him. You're not going to find rest outside of him. You will lay yourself down on something that doesn't have the ability to give you life, and you'll die. That's what he means when he says, what does it profit a man? To gain the whole world and lose his soul. He ain't talking about going to hell. He's talking about living in hell. Because what you have laid your life down on doesn't give you, it doesn't have the ability to give you life again. And when people begin to understand that the kingdom bursting forth out of their lives that the role of a church is much more than a parking problem on Sunday. But that a community is better because these little kingdom carriers are gathered in it. Taking care of the poor, bringing value to the oppressed, giving sight to the blind, drawing circles where everybody else is drawing lines, giving grace that we're all in process together i'm not better than you you're not better than me we're all at some place in the journey and the ground is level at the foot of the cross and it's jesus that changes people anyway and when people say i'll lay my life on the ground for a mission headed by a king named jesus like that a movement begins
That's how movement starts. It's not an idea. It's not enthusiasm. Enthusiasm didn't get the Cowboys past the Packers on Sunday last I checked. I mean, come on, man. Really? I almost said the S word a minute ago and y'all laughed. I talk about the Cowboys and you hiss. What's up with you guys? Listen to me. What makes a movement, what brings a movement is, is in direct proportion to the people who have bought the mission's commitment to laying their life down for that mission. That's why I say here all the time, I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking you to give your life to a mission. But to give your life to a mission, you'll do it in direct proportion to how much you value the mission. Right? Jesus understands this to be true. He knows he's about to die. And he gathers... His disciples in an upper room. Do you think if he knows his hours are not his days, but his hours are numbered, do you think what he's going to say to these disciples is going to be pretty important? And he takes this common Passover meal that had been handed down for centuries. It was in their spiritual DNA. This Passover lamb, this concept of God being deliverer and he takes the most common items on the table bread and wine if it was in Texas today he'd take like Dr. Pepper and chips so what he I mean he's gonna take the most common thing on the table and he brings it new meaning he says hey this is this bread it represents my body which is about to be broken for you and this wine that we drink to celebrate This wine represents my blood that is going to be shed for you. And then he says something very interesting. So every time you come together, I want you to eat this bread. I want you to drink this wine. And I want you to remember this moment. I want you to remember me. Now, listen to me. Look at me. Here's what he's saying. This is my legacy. And one aspect of it is what he did, is what he's about to do. But his legacy was not his death. His legacy was the worth he placed on the people he was dying for. Do you understand this? You and me, we are his mission. It's not that he died. That would be enough. It's remember the value and worth I place on you. You who were dead in your sins and transgressions and couldn't do anything about it. While you were still sinning. I'm going to die for you. Because I see worth in you that nobody else sees. I'm drawing circles where you want to draw lines. I believe in you. And all over the world, this weekend, believers will gather and they'll break bread and they'll drink wine and 
they'll remember. But remembering's not enough. When I start doing what Jesus did, when I start valuing what Jesus values, when I start loving how Jesus loves, I become his legacy. that without him it'll be all about me without him it'll all be about protection one-upmanship defensiveness a consumer mentality without him legacy was proven at a cross but I was empowered at his resurrection see the same power that raised Jesus from the dead it lives in you and me we are empowered to be exactly what Jesus has called us to be Our mission is clear. He invites us, warts and all, mistakes and all, he invites us into the movement. What a privilege to be a part of his legacy. So I thought, what better way to kind of seal this moment as I told you for three weeks unashamedly I'm, I'm asking lots of you to move past joining the church and give your life to a movement what better way to seal that deal than to remember what he did for us so our band's going to come and I'm going to pray and we're going to pass some trays because we couldn't fit you all around tables Really. And I'm going to ask you to take a little cracker out of the middle of that tray and take one of those little cups. I don't want you to rush this deal. The campus team may kill me, but pack, take yours and pass the plate to the next person. I don't care if you have to put it on the ground when you get done. But take a moment and let God remind you of how much he values you. Ask God to fill you with his spirit once again. To empower you for the mission that he's called you to. There is one here this day who in this moment, this will be the moment you'll give your life to Christ for the first time.
This will be the moment that you will be overwhelmed with the reality of how much God really loves you. And all the work the devil's done to give you this picture of this angry God who's out to get you. In this moment, the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you who God really is. And here's what I want you to do before you drink that little cup of juice and before you eat that little cracker. I just want you in your heart to say, Jesus, I give you my life. And I'm trusting you to give me the power to join your mission and to change the legacy of my family and my community. So can I pray that for us and we'll worship together and take this communion together. Father, thank you that uh, old things have passed away and new things do come in Christ. That you make us beautiful because there's nothing beautiful about us. And so Lord, I would pray for just a fresh jolt of your Holy Spirit deep in our souls. I pray that you would fill college students, young adults, singles, retirees, married couples, high school kids, that you would fill us with a holy confidence that what you want to do through us and in us is bigger than we could ever ask or imagine. I pray that there would be just a revealing of how much you love us. That you didn't die for us when we got it all together. You died so that we could find life in you. Lord, I pray for those of us who have discovered, and you're not alone, by the way, in this. The devil's telling you it's only you, but I pray for all of us who have discovered the life-sucking practice of giving ourselves, laying ourselves on something that does not have the ability to give us life. And we thank you for another chance and another breath. But Lord, most of all, I pray for that one, at least one here today, who before they take that cracker and drink that cup, would receive you as Savior and Lord of their life. And I join with them in agreement that you're going to do something in them that they would have never been able to do without you in their lives. And so, Lord, we thank you for this gift in this moment. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
Have a seat for just a moment. Where are you, Ross, man? Are you, Ross, are you in here somewhere? This is way off script. Come, come up here, would you? For those of you who are new, here, this is, uh, this is my son, Ross. Uh, Anything. You stand here with me a minute, all right? You know, I, I, for 17 years I've stood here. And uh, sometimes I think that you guys think, well, he's really passionate about that because that's his job. Um, Mike and I, we're sold out this thing not because I earn a living. It's changing my kids' lives here. My son was baptized here. My son got filled with the Holy Spirit here. The most significant spiritual relationships my son has ever had. Just, it's been 
here. See, spiritual fathers are here. My little granddaughter, she can know Jesus because her mom and daddy who met here, who got married here, who chose to plant their family here, is surrounded by lots of people that this one does life with that love Jesus too. See, the deal is God, he, uh, he, he gets to set the mission. We don't, right? But here's the thing. Everybody look at me. We get to determine the pace. Our dream is clear. 10,000 spirit-filled, baptized believers walking in freedom, committed to meeting the needs of the poor and broken locally and around the world. That's a movement that I know came from God. But we're the ones who get to decide the pace. See, the fuel for a movement is generosity. So like my job is to keep reminding you that the mission's worth it. Right? So I thought we'd do something today a little different. See how this goes, all right? Will you stay here with me? Are you feeling weird? Are you okay? I'm here. Um, <laughs> So I'll say, hey, everybody, anybody who's so-and-so and how people raise their hands. And sometimes I'll say, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. And then I'm going to ask you a few questions. And people give their life to Christ or recommit. But the deal is y'all cheat. I'll see y'all like fish eyeing around the corner. So here's the first thing I want you to If you have your phone with you, I want you to get it out. Uh, seriously. If you have a, like, if you didn't bring your phone or you have a flip phone like Bud, then I have these little candles in the, in, in, we have some old Christmas Eve candles there. You might want to grab one of these if you don't know how to operate your phone and you're not sitting around a person under 30. Um, and I'm going to ask him, to, today I'm going to ask him to turn the light out. Let's turn all the lights out for just a moment. This is how we're going to stay anonymous. And I don't want you, just hang on before you start flashing those things around. Good golly, it's Christmas Eve with preschoolers. Hang on a second. If this, if, if you've had your life changed, if your story is like my story, what I just said, not as a pastor, just a guy who's, if, if God's changed your life, man, just light up your phone or light up your candle. Okay, now I want everybody, I want you to look around the room. I want to say a couple of things. This is why this is a mission worth giving your life to. You think this represents... Your life changed. Look at me, everybody. This represents a potential for thousands of people's lives to be changed if we join the movement because we believe in the mission. And there's, there's somebody out there who either doesn't have their lit because they don't know how to do it <laughs> or they don't have it lit because this isn't your story yet. I'm going to tell you something. I'm believing in faith because once a quarter I'm doing this to remind you and I'm believing in faith that this is going to be the year that you're going to find the radical love of Jesus Christ and it's going to completely wreck you. Can we just pray that in faith, believe in that together today? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for what this place has meant to my family. Personally, the encouragement that this family has brought to my family, the way my marriage has gotten better because of people here. The people that have carried me when I haven't been able to walk. People who've loved my kids when I couldn't stand them. 
people who've spoken truth in life. I am not the same because of what you're doing in this place. And I do not want to be satisfied. I want to be grateful, but I believe you have more for us. And I speak this to be the year of your favor here. More people coming to Christ, more people growing in Christ, more generosity, the fuel for this movement than we've ever experienced before. More saying yes to giving their time, their talent, and their resources to this place. Because I think you got a lot for us to do. Father, would just this symbolically be what happens in this city? It's a dark place, man. This city needs you. We need you. Would you bring us as your light into a city that it would be different because we're here? Jesus, we love you. Thanks for not giving up on us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, you know what? You know what, like, the, one of the greatest struggles for me here is as the leader? <laughs> it's every week going, okay, where are we going to put the offering? Who's going to talk about it? Or is it going to break up the worship? Flow? Yeah. But the thing is, the fuel for this thing is generosity. I've thought so many times about, I'll just have everybody put it in the back on the way out. I want front and center this to be our worship. I don't want it to be a business transaction. I don't, I don't want it to be something we have to get out of the way. I don't want to apologize to people who haven't joined our movement yet. I want this, my heart is as we flow forward, that even though tons of you give online, <laughs> Mike and I give online, that there would never be a time we would gather, you wouldn't have an opportunity to remember that generosity fuels what happens and that we get to determine the pace of this mission. That's a tremendous opportunity and a big responsibility. And so I'm going to pray and we're going to close out our birthday with, my goodness, Chris, this may have been the, your greatest selection of all. What, a, what better way to close than with what we're going to sing? I think one of my favorite things about this birthday celebration has been these little 30-second clips, you know, of people saying why songs mean something to them. We're gonna, if, if I get my way, we're going to have hundreds of these this year because I want everybody to understand it's not songs we're singing. It's anthems about what God's doing in our lives. So we're going we're gonna, to, these guys are going to pass the trays. We're going to receive an offering. We're going to believe God's going to do what he does best, which is take it and multiply into people's lives. I believe that this is the year some of you will go from nothing to something. Some of you will go from giving something to a regular consistent gift. And I believe that this is going to be the year that many of you are going to say, you know what, I'm going to be a first fruit giver and I'm going to watch God do something powerful in my life. Not because I need your money, but because God has a movement that he wants to fuel with your generosity. So I'm going to pray that and we're going to worship. We're going to hear this last little clip and we're going to worship together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to give. We, it reminds us that everything that we have is yours anyway. It seems kind of weird to give it back to you, but that's your heart for us. And I would just pray that you would take these gifts and really that there would be more lights that would shine all over the place because of what happens with the way you fuel this movement with these people's generosity. And so we thank you, Father, for the chance to give.
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.